All right. Hey, welcome back to the First Cup Podcast. And we just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Hey, do us a favor. Head over to iTunes and comment, review, and subscribe to the First Cup Podcast. It actually does us a huge favor. It helps us out so much. Not just that, but if you comment, let us know one of the favorite things that stood out to you, maybe from a podcast in the past, or maybe even from this podcast. Let us know what you enjoy. Or if you have any ideas for podcasts coming up, coffee roasters that we should feature, let us know. We want to hear from you. So comment, subscribe, review on our iTunes. And uh, today, during the First Cup podcast, uh, we hope that we can bring you something exciting, something fresh. Maybe you can learn something today in the amount of time it would take for you to drink your first cup of coffee and the first cup of coffee I had this morning in fact I'm pretty proud of this Bryce I'm <laughs> I'm not going to lie I roasted my own beans wow Yep, I roasted my own beans this morning. How? Uh, not this morning. I roasted my own <laughs> beans. I got a little roaster. My brother-in-law, he sent me a roaster. It's like a little ceramic roaster that you can roast green. You can roast fresh coffee beans, wow. and you can roast them, you know, whatever. Uh, if you want them light, medium, dark, whatever you want to do, it, it huh. actually provides a lot of uh, ability to customize your roast. Huh. But I roasted some green beans out of Nicaragua. Uh, 100% Arabica coffee. This is what it says. I really have no clue uh, how high quality or low quality this is, but it's a single estate coffee out of Nicaragua from Primo's Coffee Company. Mm. And so if you're looking for some green beans, check these out. Uh, I found that I had to roast them a little bit darker because mm. they just didn't keep up well when I roasted them too light. So mm. I don't know if that's because of the quality of the coffee I'm yeah. not a professional. Wait, did you find these on beans. eBay, what, like Craigslist? <laughs> I'm pretty sure my brother-in-law ordered them off of oh. Amazon. Um, That's so cool. But yeah, I really enjoyed the process of it, and it wasn't yeah. a horrible cup of coffee in the first place. <laughs> That's what you want out of coffee. It wasn't horrible. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's all I want. Um, well, today I'm really excited. We are going to switch things up a little bit and we're going to have a conversation about creativity, uh, creative inspiration and what the process looks like. Uh, we have Bryce Ritter, the producer of the First Cup podcast, joining us today. Bryce, why don't you say hello? Hi. That's all you're going to give us? <laughs> what else do you want? Uh, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, perfect. Bryce is a <laughs> songwriter. He's a musician. He's a producer. He really, he runs every, he, Bryce is the one who made the intro to the First Cup podcast. Uh, do you have any plugs you want? What's your Instagram? <laughs> no plugs. I don't like. No, no come plugs. on. What's your I'm Instagram? I'm not going to plug myself. <laughs> at, at Bryce Ritter. Is that, is that what it is? It's Bryce underscore Ritter with an I. Oh yeah, you weren't gonna plug yourself, okay? Well, you, I'm kidding. I'm you kidding. You brought I'm it kidding. up. I'm I don't kidding. want it. Um, I thought Bryce would be appropriate to have on today, and really, he's the one who joins us. He's the other voice on the First Cup podcast. But I thought it would be good to have a conversation with him about the creative process and what that looks like. So, just off the top, Bryce, I'm really curious. Would you consider yourself a creative? I mean, yeah. If you ask, yeah, I'm not gonna go around telling people that. You know, I think right. we're all creative. Mm. You know what I mean? I think we're we're created to be creative beings. Um, I don't, it's not like something I think about. Um, but I think when asked that question, of course, you know, I love to create. Right. I love to cook food. I love to make music. I love to, I love to build stuff. Like when I was a kid, Legos were my jam. Like, right. Same. Dude, I had like thousands of Legos. Same. Like, 
I remember in high school, I got really into like cars and, and tools. And I bought like, I spent all my money I had on buying tools from Sears and buying a, a workbench. And I wanted to be a mechanic and like all this stuff, dude. I like, I love to create. Yeah. You know? I think you hit on it. You know, all of us, I think all of us have our own areas of creative inspiration mm-hmm. and all of us essentially can be considered creative. Right. Yeah. And I think that there is this idea that in order for you to be creative, you need to be a graphic designer, an yeah, artist, yeah. you need to be a musician, you need to be a photographer, a director, a producer. In other words, you need to be struggling and without an income, right? Like, <laughs> But I think Basically. that being a creative or seeing yourself as a creative is such a big deal. You know, if you're a barista, the way that you dial your coffee in or the way that you pour your latte art or if you're a parent the way that you parent your children coming up with creative ways Mm -hmm. to show your children that you love them or or for them to learn or if you're a a husband or a wife or you're dating someone being creative in the way that you express your love and Mm -hmm. prove to the prove to your spouse that they're valued or whatever it is i think all of us are creatives yeah, but today, let's stick to the classical musician, graphic designer, photography, <laughs> that idea of what a creative is. And mm-hmm. I think oftentimes, you know, there's a lot of creative stereotypes that go mm-hmm. along with these. And we kind of talked about a few of them. You know, it's like you're you're probably a creative if you aren't making a ton of money. Right. That's that's the yeah. one myth, you know, and I'll say this right off the top is that. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. However, in in movies and in media, you see like you know a photographer, a freelance free t- photographer who has you know a loft space up in you know New York, and you're yeah. like, how in the world did you know you take pictures of you know families, and now you have a loft in New York, mm-hmm. you know? But what does that look like for you? You know, maybe what's your experience in making a living or? You know, just as a creative, is this something that you find is a hobby or or what does that look like for you? Well, I think it's a hobby until you decide to get serious about it. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that's for anything, right? I think oftentimes a lot of creatives fall into that category because in their in the back of their mind, they're not convinced that this is what they are going to do or what they want to do. Therefore, they don't give it their all. That's why I think you hear a lot of stories about people who are just like, they're like, they didn't, they weren't pushed to really become successful until they just quit everything else and, and uh, pursued their creative hobby or whatever it was full time, then they were forced to work hard at that because that's the only way you're ever going to be able to be successful at something is giving it your everything. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So I think you get a lot of people, especially here in LA, they're, you know, working at restaurants or they're, they have this nine to five job, but they're like, yeah, well, I'm really an actor or, you know, I'm really this, but they still have this job and maybe they're, they're not pursuing it, you know? for whatever reason in their mind, they're telling themselves, you know, I I don't really know if I can do this. Like that was me for a long time. Yeah, for sure. And I never, I never made the decision to be a songwriter. Right. Because I was kind of scared. Right. If I'm being honest. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. Like this is, this is intimidating. But once I made that decision, I said, look, I'm just going to do it. 
Right. Like, I, and that was something that I had to do to push me forward to realize, well, oh, I can do this. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and everything kind of falls in line after that, I think. 100%. One of my closest friends is a guy by the name of Josh Allison. And he really pushed me early on in my photography career. He said, you know, at the time I was working at Nordstrom as a kids wear salesperson, you know. <laughs> so uh, if you guys need any kids wear advice, any stroller advice, I'm your guy. Mm-hmm. Hit me up in, in the comments. Can you get um, baby Yeezys? Well, <laughs> funny story. <laughs> so my wife was uh, on Amazon buying shoes for my son. He was maybe one at the time. Oh, maybe like 18 months and she goes, Nate, do you think these shoes are That's cool? still one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And once you become a parent, you know, I will say this parents who still refer to their kids in by months, you know, anything past 18 months gets weird, right? <laughs> yes. It's like developmentally it makes yeah. sense because it's like, okay, six months to a year, 18 months, there's big, a big developmental yeah, gaps. Yeah, yeah. But if you're saying, oh yeah, my son's 48 months, you're like, no, he's not. He's four <laughs> years old. Yeah. Four years, not 48 months. Right. But she's like, she orders these shoes and she's like, you you know, we get these shoes in and she's like, are these cool? And she holds up a pair of what look like baby Yeezys. (laughs) And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you don't know what these are. (laughs) And, uh, so yeah, now river runs around (laughs) with a pair of Yeezys on baby Yeezys. He has white ones and he has black ones. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's styling and profiling. Shout out to Kanye. Shout out to Kanye. Uh, what were we talking about again? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> kind of kidding. When I, you know, when I was working at Nordstrom at the time in kids wear, my, my buddy was like, Hey, if you want a photography business, if you want a photography career, you need mm-hmm. to stop being, um, a Nordstrom salesperson who does photography and you need to start becoming a photographer mm-hmm. who has something floating him on the side. Right. Yeah. And so I, that was a change of perspective. And so yeah. then I started showing up, you know, I started having shoots two hours before my shift and two hours after my shift, you know, mm-hmm. and I just put in the hours, you know, yeah. 12 hour days, th- 14 is. hour days, just putting in the time, just absolutely just hustling my trade, getting mm-hmm. better at my trade, getting better, practicing every, taking pictures every day, developing mm-hmm. editing styles every single day, you know, and from there I would go from shooting fashion and models, you know, I worked at Nordstrom. That was kind of the world I was in to, you know, all of a sudden I'd be editing at a coffee shop and I'd get, you know, a little, my eyes would feel like they're going to fall out from editing so much. <laughs> yeah. And so I would go and take, I, I'd start to take pictures of the coffee shops I was working in. And lo and behold, my taking pictures of coffee would turn into a coffee photography business. And that's where my, you know, coffee business comes from today. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for putting in the work, yeah. wasn't for putting in the hours, I wouldn't have developed that. And then once I was in a place where I go, hey, I'm turning down more money than I'm making, I got to flip this thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I quit my job at Nordstrom and I went full-time freelance. And I'll, you know, this is not so a cool. success story, this first one, right? So I go <laughs> full-time freelance uh, with no retainers, no clients, just at the time I was turning down more than I was making. Mm-hmm. Well. You know, uh, I think another thing about going free freelance and working for yourself is that oftentimes it's feast or famine, right? Mm-hmm. In in that stage of my career, it was more famine than it was feast, right? <laughs> I would see a spike and it'd be awesome and it'd be just enough to get us on to the next one. Yeah. And I was spending more time trying to find clients than I was actually creating for clients, right? Yeah. So I jumped back on and I got a part-time job at a, at a local coffee shop here 
as a barista and on the, at the same time I was doing all of their content, all their social media mm-hmm. and it trained me how to make an effective pitch for companies, right? Yeah. So then round two, I go full-time freelance, quit my job as a barista and this time I'm starting with, uh, with one retainer and I'm like, okay, at least we have a little bit of consistent income. Mm-hmm. Well, my wife gets pregnant and <laughs> I tell her, when you go on maternity leave, you're not coming back from maternity leave. You're going to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And I remember during those maternity uh, months, you know, just hustling like yeah. crazy. You know, when people tell me, oh man, I, I can't make this work. My first question is like, how many people have you reached out to? Mm-hmm. Right, like I, I remember at times I'd reach out to fifty companies a day, you know, yeah. direct message on Instagram and email. I'd call, I just put in the hustle. Yeah. And when you put in the hustle, when you put the quantity in, you're going to get quality back at some point. And yeah. so, you know, over the next, over the course of the next eight months, I would go from one retainer client to ten retainer clients and a couple mm, weddings wow. every month. And my business just began to take off and go wild. And I think so much of it, it wasn't because I was more talented. Right. Right. I live in Los Angeles, which, by the way, there's a five thousand. more talented photographers, Mm -hmm. more talented social media experts, more talented consultants than I am. Mm -hmm. But I promise you this, no one worked as hard as I did, Mm -hmm. right? I just... I just outworked the competition. That's all it is. And I got myself in front of the right people at the right time, which I also put myself in front of 95 of the wrong people. Right, of course. I I got so used to rejection. I think so much of that is you can't allow rejection to discourage you or demoralize you. Mm -hmm. Have you felt, have you faced any rejection in your your life or or your creativity or what did that look like for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, Honestly, like the biggest rejection I've faced over my whole life is from myself. You know what I mean? Um, being scared to put myself out there kept me back for, for a lot of years. Right. And then I would put myself out there. And I think the biggest thing looking back on it that I would find is that what I would I would create something and be kind of holding it up to something else. Mm. And so... I'd be like, why can't I create this, right? right? And like, why is my stuff not as as cool as this or as as you know the style of this or whatever? And I wouldn't, I'd, I'd put it out there, and I wouldn't get the response I was looking for. Wow! So I was setting myself up for disappointment by mm. doing that, right? When you compare, you automatically set yourself up for failure. Yes, because you are never going to be something else, right? You're only going to be you, right? So I had to figure out that I, I had to embrace who I am, figure out who I am, what I am, wow. what is my sound, what is my style, what is this. And just try and hone in on that as much as possible. And and that can change. That can grow. You're, I think you're always going to be developing and growing and changing as a creative. If you're not, you're probably not challenging yourself. Right. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with that. But I think when you're trying to be something else or something you're not is is where we start to take a wrong turn. Right. And things just only end up in disappointment. Right. I think there's a lot of wisdom to that. And here's the tension, right? It's like if I want to be the best basketball player in the world, my game, especially early on, is going to emulate 
the best basketball players in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch Michael Jordan. I'm yeah. going to watch Kobe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch LeBron James, right? I'm going to look at Steph's shot. Like I'm going to try to emulate the tools that they have, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to try to be them, right. right? And that's the tension is going, okay, this is the best practice, but I'm not trying to be the person. I'm mm-hmm. trying to take the practice, yeah. right? And developing it and turning it into your own style. Uh, who was it? I, I can't remember who, who it was, but they said it takes five years to develop your own voice. And in those Easily. five years, you have to learn, you know. And that's five years of putting in that yes. hours. That's yes. not just, you yes. know, five years of like, oh, I'm going to try this out and like see how, you know what right. I mean? Every a few few times a week or a few times a month. Like, no, that's like five time, five years of like 40 hour work weeks. Right. You know, putting at least. in the time, putting in the effort, mm-hmm. you know. Well, we can keep using the photography example, right? Mm-hmm. I started taking pictures, you know, the first time I was paid to take pictures of people um, was with my iPhone, you know, 2 or whatever it was, right? Like someone uh, Instagram Was there, was there ever out. an iPhone 2? I don't know. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't think so. Whatever the next one was, right? Or, or, or iPhone 3G or something like that, you know? Uh, when Instagram came out, all of a sudden people wanted these pictures. And so I had families who would say, Hey, will you come and do family portraits and we'll pay you 50 bucks if you take them on your iPhone. Wow. And so I'm like done. You know, I'm absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take Please pictures of you guys. Here's 50, you know, 50 bucks for, for that. But I think so often watch comparison will kill you, right? It'll comparison will kill your dreams even before they're born. Cause it'll uh, just stop you yeah. from going like, man, I have an idea, I have a dream, I have a vision, but if you look at someone else, you go, well, this version of my dream isn't close to that product. Mm -hmm. And you didn't realize how much time and effort and, you know, energy went into their finished product. And I also think that, um, you know, this is something common in entrepreneurship, right? Are you familiar with the MVP, the minimum viable product? Have you Mm -hmm. ever heard of that before? Yeah. And I think that as creatives, sometimes we look at what we create and we, it, we think that it has to be perfect, you know, that it, in order for us to put anything out, it needs to be perfect, look perfect, function perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can come to the realization that you don't need it to be perfect, you mm-hmm. just need it to be viable, mm-hmm. right? And then the, the minimum viable product you should put out right away. Mm-hmm. This podcast is far from perfect, but mm-hmm. it's viable, right. and eventually, it's going to get really good. Right. I right? think I think you strive for perfection, but you you realize and you understand that it's never attainable. But I still I like if I'm writing a song, and in my head I know I can do something about it to make it better. I might not know what it is. I'm going to keep trying until I find that out. And eventually, like, you don't kill yourself, right? Because, we, again, we know perfection is not attainable. But I just tell my, even in, in, in anything I do, if I have this voice in my head that says, oh, I think you can do a little bit better, or I think you can do this, I'm just going to do it. Right. I try my best to hone in on that voice. And just, I think most of us tend to, to let that voice go. Mm. And we just go, oh, this is, like, suitable, like, right. I can get by with this. I'm just going to do it. Like, it's just my automatic instinct most of the time. But I've, I've tried to, to hone in on that and train myself to just go, no, wait, wait, I can do better. Why am I not? Right. You know, right. I want the best product possible. But I realize that there's no such thing as perfection. So I'm, I'm not going to set myself up for disappointment. Yeah, I think if your goal is perfection, then 
you will find disappointment and failure every time. Yeah. But if your goal is progression, mm-hmm. then every single time you create, you can be fulfilled and satisfied, right? Yeah. It's, it's the perfection trap. I'm never going to be perfect. I'm never going to have everything put together. But I promise you this, every single time, I'm going to get a little bit better. I'm going to progress a little bit more. Yeah. And I think so much of that has to do with putting in the sweat right? The perspiration. And I want to talk about the idea of, and again, here's another common creative myth is that all of us are inspired all the time to create, you know, what's the tension between inspiration and perspiration, right? What, what is the aha (coughs) moment? Oh my gosh, I come up with this idea and the finished product. Like what is the, what's the tension between inspiration and perspiration? Man, I mean, I think, there's definitely times of inspiration where it just comes out of right. nowhere, right? And those are incredible times, right? Like an idea will just pop into your head and it's just like so good, right? But I think that's like a very small percentage of the time, right? right? I, I have to be the one, I have to be my biggest cheerleader, I think. I have to be the one that motivates myself every day to do what I want to do. Even if I'm doing what I love, Mm. like I'm still not going to wake up every day and feel just inspired to do that. Right. Right. So what I'm doing, I think a huge thing is consistency. Um, and by that, I mean having a routine, getting up at the same time every morning, you know, drinking your cup of coffee and, and starting your day reading something or, you know, listening to something that motivates you, inspires you. Um, and I think uh, another thing is is just reading in general, I think is, has been key and exponential to my growth. Mm. Um, since I started reading, you know, like at least one book a month, like that's kind of minimum. Like you can do a lot more than that. Right. If you just devote like 30 minutes a day to reading, you can do it easily two bucks a month. Right. Right. And, I see so much growth and inspiration just from that in all the areas of my life. So when I'm reading these things, when I'm, when I'm consistently doing this stuff, that motivates me, that pushes me and that inspires me. Right. Right. And I'm always looking for new outlets and new areas to, to get into. Right. Right. And that's going to motivate me. I'm going to learn something I've never known before. I'm going to, be inspired by this new thing that I just found out, right? But if I'm if I'm sitting around waiting for the inspiration to strike, right? Well, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> right? You know, right. I'm just sitting there. I'm not doing anything. So I think 99% is putting in the work and putting in that effort to motivate yourself. And and the inspiration the inspiration is going to come and go. Right. Right. So what are you going to do when it's not there? You can't just you know, hang on that. Right. 100%. That's when I find creating becomes exhausting mm-hmm. when I'm still creating off of last year's inspiration mm-hmm. or three months ago, that inspiration, instead of constantly putting myself in positions where I'm being inspired and motivated. Right. I, I think what you said about consistency, you know, if mm-hmm. you're just faithful to every day, take a step toward your dreams and your vision. If you're just every single day Mm -hmm. being consistent, consistency is so much bigger 
than talent. Consistency is so much bigger than than uh, inspiration. Uh-huh. If you're just consistent, I love what you said. Wake up at the same. Your life will change if you just wake up at the same time every morning. Wake up at the same time every morning and have a routine in the morning, yes. right? It's There's huge. this idea that creatives are late to appointments, they're mm-hmm. disheveled, their hair is crazy, they can only create late at night. I just don't believe I that. don't know how those people are doing it. <laughs> like, yeah. are, is that a real thing? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't it know. It can't be. Right? Like, I've... I've found for myself the most success comes when I'm the most disciplined. Right. Right. And of course there's going to be those, like those, those inspiration fevers where you're like, Oh man, I'm yeah. just, oh, yeah. I'm, I have to stay up. Cause if I don't write this down oh, right so now, best. then I'm going to miss it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's few and far between. Right. Exactly. right? If you're waiting on that moment, I'm so sorry, but lightning never strikes in the same place twice. You got to keep on moving forward in your life mm-hmm. and inspiration. You're going to realize it or see it in different ways. I think for me personally, I, I find, and I look for inspiration everywhere in my life. Mm-hmm. Right. I think when I was young, I only, I'm only 28, still young, <laughs> you know, but when I was early on in my photography career or as a creative, I only looked to other photographers for inspiration. Now I find inspiration in everything. You know, right. now I find inspiration from a song, inspiration from mm-hmm. a show, inspiration from a book, inspiration yeah. from a conversation or, or a relationship. Right. And next thing you know, that's where true creativity comes is in those moments and in those times and in those situations where I can see all of a sudden a new perspective because I wasn't looking at what everyone else was looking at. I was looking at what was happening for myself. Mm -hmm. I never want to be inspired to be someone else or like someone else. I I hope that you find inspiration that inspires you to be the most genuine and authentic version of you because we don't need another Picasso. We don't need another uh, Ansel Adams. We don't need another Jimi Hendrix. Like we need another Bryce or we need a new, we need someone fresh, someone. Yeah. I love who I am Mm -hmm. and that's the only way I can authentically create something that satisfies me is by being fully myself. And I think another thing that's huge, I thought about what you were saying on that, um, figure out what you want. Right. And that takes time, but like pursue that, right. Try and figure out, okay, what are my goals? And then get very specific with it. Write it down. Right. What do you want? When you write that down and you can physically see it, then just go, okay, what do I need to do to get there? Right. Write that down. It's super simple. And then you have the steps, you have the goal. Now do it. What does it take to achieve it? It takes the hours. That's all it is. It's figuring out what it is, putting in the work, going up the steps, getting there. Right. I think someone said, um, and we can end with this, but have you ever heard of smart goals before? So uh, cheesy. No. Smart know. goals, right? So what you're saying, when you write down your goals, right? Right. It needs to be smart. So I'm going to give you guys a little acronym. S, right? It needs to be specific. I, I find mm-hmm. that the more broad your goals are, the more difficult it is to yeah. attain them. Make them yeah. super specific. I mean, like down Definitely. to the finest detail hyper specific Couldn't agree more. goals, right? <clears throat> then it needs to be measurable. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be something that you can measure. If you have a goal that's not measurable, then you're never going to know when you hit it or if you missed it, right? Yeah. It needs to be, you need to have some sort of measure to it, right? Yeah, For example, if 
you know, if you are a an actor or an actress, right? Maybe one of your goals is I'm going to audition for 20 different things or 20 right. different, you That's know, good. opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's measurable. Right. You know, you could even make it more specific. I'm going to audition for 20 different comedy positions, whatever it is, right? Right. You can get really specific. And the next one, it needs to be achievable. So specific, measurable, achievable. Probably a goal that you shouldn't write down is I'm going to climb to the top of Mount Everest, right? Mm -hmm. First, maybe it's like, hey, I'm going to run a 5K, yeah. Right. And then a 10 K and then your goals eventually leads you to a place where now you can properly say, Hey, I'm going to climb Mount Everest. Yeah. But the so first good. thing, your goals need to be achievable because if they're not achievable, then well, you'll get discouraged. You'll be demoralized. Right. But if mm-hmm. what I realize is if I can make achievable goals and I just keep on achieving my goals, I'll look back and eventually realize I've just done the impossible. Mm, yeah. I've done something that I never thought I could do just because I met achievable goals, right? Absolutely. The next one uh, is, so we have specific, measurable, achievable, and the mm-hmm. R stands for result-oriented, mm-hmm. right? I hope all of your goals are result-oriented. Right. In other words, what's the purpose of having a goal without having a result? Make your goals, make sure they're not just philosophical, lofty ideas, make your goals tangible. Yeah. This will be the result at the end of my goal, right? I want to run a 5K, right? This is an example. I actually don't want to run a 5K, right? But if I were to be someone who wanted to run a 5K, I want to run a 5K so that my body can be in a healthy position to live a long life, Mm -hmm. right? That would be a result-oriented goal. And the last one, the T for smart, is time-restrained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If your goal doesn't have a time restraint, you're going to be 60 years old working on the same goal that <laughs> yeah. you're working on right now, right. right? Unless you're 60 right now, hey, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. <laughs> to be honest, you're maybe a little bit outside of the range of the people I thought would be listening to this, but thank you so much. But you got to put some timetable on this thing, right? Yeah, definitely. Hey, I'm going to run a 5K in two years. Mm-hmm. That's too long of a timetable, <laughs> right? Narrow it down. Right. This, to me, is the thing that will stretch you and make you uncomfortable, right? Absolutely. Hey, I'm going to run a 5K in two weeks. Yeah. Ooh, that means there's some urgency tomorrow. i got to start changing my lifestyle, <laughs> right? right? So that in two weeks from now, I can run... A 5K. So specific, measurable, achievable, result-oriented, and time-restrained. And those are right. the types of goals that if you set for your life, the smart goals that if you set for your life, watch, as a creative, will allow your career to move forward. But even yeah. more than that, it will allow your perspective in your life to move forward as well. And one thing that I can share about that, how I've seen that affect my life is um, just kind of planning like planning out my weeks now. Uh, if I write down a list of goals, weekly goals, and my schedule during every day of the week, um, I'll see myself, even if I had to only achieve half the stuff that I wrote down, right? I'm still achieving so much more than I would if I hadn't because right. I have these attainable goals, tangible things that I can see, oh, hey, I need to do this, this, and right. this, right? So I'm going to actively work on that if I have it in front of me. If I don't, I'm most likely just going to be in my head just thinking about, hey, what did I need to do today? Right. And not a lot's going to get done. 
100%. You know? Yeah. You know, today we hope that you learn something. Maybe you're motivated. I'm just, we're going to end with this. And I already said we're going to end with the smart goals, but we're going to end with this. You know, let me encourage you if you're creative, take today, make a plan, and start creating. Yeah. You know, if you consider yourself a creative, don't allow any obstacles or comparison keep you from creating. Yeah. I hope that today you're listening to this podcast and you start a podcast of your own. I hope that you're <laughs> listening to this podcast and you start a photography business of your own. Or, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden you step out, you start directing, you start creating films of your own. You mm-hmm. go to the next audition, whatever. You start writing your own songs, playing your own music, putting content out there. Because if you're not a creative, if you're not creating, you know, put yourself out there. I promise you, you will not regret it, but you'll only grow from it and get better and better and better. So thank you so much for listening to the First Cup podcast, and we will see you guys soon. We out.